everyone and welcome back to another episode. My name is Ana and this is the Brazilian point of view. This episode was very cool to record. Like if you are getting hard time with postgrad life, which honestly all of us do, if you're not having like props to you cuz it's so hard. Like I talk about this to my friends all the time. It's like how do people even get over this phase because it's so annoying and can be so hard. So for this one, I brought Karen to talk about postgrad life, being a therapist, and she's also a content creator, so more by the end of the episode she talks about how to balance being a therapist, having a nine-to-five job, and being a content creator. And she also talks about it and some things that you might not know by, like, off being an influencer. So it was a very exciting episode. Karen is so nice. I had, like, the best time talking to her. It was so funny because after we recorded this episode we were talking for like an hour and she also included this podcast on her youtube video her youtube channel she released a video on september 4th so go check it out and like we talked about uh, like about <laughs> many stuff after we stopped recording for like an hour and she is four hours behind me so I was like kind of late for lunch and she was kind of late for work it was like I don't know I had the best time she's so nice so I really hope that you enjoyed this episode but before we get to that please make sure to follow subscribe and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts and also follow the podcast on Instagram at the Brazilian POV podcast also share with anyone you think might like it. So without further ado, let's just get to the episode. Hello, how are you? Hello, good, and you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Of course. So for starters, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, I am Karen Tuckerman. I have an accent, so... <laughs> I'm from Cuba. I came when I was 16 years old. I am a therapist. So I've been in the U.S. for about seven years now, and I'm married. I have a corgi puppy, and I do social media on the side. It's a little side hustle. I have a YouTube channel, an Instagram page, and also recent a TikTok, even though I'm not a huge fan. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing there, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> so you graduated recently, right? Yes. So how how is the feeling of graduating in the post-grad life for you? So I've been in school for my entire life. Like I never took a gap year or anything. So that means I, you know... Well, in Cuba, the school system's a little bit different, but I went to, you know, middle school, high school, college, everything like consecutively. And then right after college, uh, I did a two-year master's program, which is still considered college, but that's what I just graduated from. 
So it's been definitely an adjustment to adapting to the work life, you know, a nine to five and not having to, you know, come home and worry about, oh, I have to do homework or I have to, you know, do all these things. And time surprisingly gets really short (laughs) when you work a nine to five. I feel like when you're in college, you complain so much about not having time to do things. But when you're working, your day, it's about four hours of not working because if you want to go to bed at a decent hour to wake up and do it all over again, then you have like a four hours worth of day <laughs> to like do life outside of work. So it's been an adjustment. I'm definitely still getting used to it because like I said, I was in school for so long. It's, it's very different over here now that I'm graduated. Yeah, it's really funny because you think that when you graduate, you will have time to do stuff. And then everything shifts. And then you don't have time, but for other reasons. And being an adult can be so stressful. You have to really handle every aspect in your life out of nowhere. Because generally, I don't think that we are taught anything about being an adult like we see that from other people from movies tv shows and everything like that but we don't know the reality of it so I guess adapting to this like new life is very challenging but at least for me it helps like tons to see so many people struggling with that as well because suffering (laughs) on your own is like terrible (laughs) That is so true because, yeah, like, you know, I talked to everybody else that has graduated recently with me and things like that. And even people that didn't graduate with me from this program, but graduated with me from, you know, college, everybody's doing something so different and adult life. It's so, it's so challenging. And nobody tells you that it's true. They don't teach you how to handle finances in school. They don't teach you how to handle, how to manage your time. Like, I really feel colleges should have a time management class like why don't we get taught to manage the little time we have in life and yeah it's been it's been crazy like I am so tired when I get home from work it's not even funny like I have no energy to do anything yeah and like being a therapist you have to listen to other people's problems and you have yours on top of that so I cannot imagine how draining it must be you know therapy is a pretty uh, like you said draining profession um at the moment I'm not doing the regular 45 minute you know one-on-one therapy sessions um I'm not gonna go into you know too much detail about population I work with and things like that because of you know privacy reasons but I'll you know give you a little bit of information on that um At the moment, I don't do the 45-minute sessions. Um, What I do are brief assessments, meaning that I meet with every single patient that comes to our clinic, and I assess them for what kind of therapy they need or if they do need therapy. Um, And I also handle, you know, minor crisis situations, meaning that if a patient needs to be seen right away for a mini therapy session, by meaning, I mean not the full, full, you know, 45 minutes. And in order for me not to interfere with the doctor's appointment, um, I meet with them and just kind of, you know, try to regulate them and calm them down and just, 
you know, walk them through some exercises and things like that so they can continue with their doctor's appointment. Because um, individuals I work with, you know, a lot of them get a lot of anxiety when they have to come to see the doctor, which is understandable. So that's kind of what I do at the moment. I am excited and at the same time scared for the time when I actually do the full 45 minute sessions because I get so tired and so like emotionally and mentally drained from what I do already that I feel that when I actually do, you know, 45 minutes a day with various patients, it's going to be patients, clients, sorry, in my field, we call them patients because they are, you know, medical patients. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. By medical patients, I don't mean I work in like in hospital uh, mental facility. I don't work with, you know, high profile mental. It's, this is like an actual like, you know, hospital setting, like patients that come in for various reasons. Yeah, I've been going to therapy pretty much my whole life. And when I was younger, I would ask my mom, like, how the hell do does like my therapist can handle this? Because like she has me and then like, I don't even know how many other people that are going to therapy, like that she's the therapist of them. Mm-hmm. And it's like so draining. And then my mom said that, pretty much like all therapists they have therapists on their own because it's like pretty much a chain because otherwise it wouldn't be possible because you would be like so much in your head which is like what gets what happens usually but even like getting other people's problems and you have your own and this is your job like it can be I don't I don't know like this is my point of view of things but I think can be like very challenging, I guess. So it definitely is uh, challenging. Uh, What I do in order to manage this is that I try to be very present when I'm with my patients, you know, like I try to be there and just like give them my all and like all my attention and everything. But when I leave the office and when I'm like home, I try to leave that at the office. And I know that's something that everybody says, Um, and everybody tries to do not everyone successfully (laughs) but it's something that I'm practicing Uh, since I'm a very young therapist I'm fresh out of school um, and I got thrown into a very what would be considered high profile job for a young therapist Uh, medical settings are very stressful medical settings are very chaotic and as a therapist it's my job to be the one that stays regulated and almost chill you know the the one that doesn't get too overworked about how stressful the environment is. So I do have a lot of support from uh, what's considered my supervisor, um, which is another therapist, the therapist that trained me. Um, and she really helps with that part. Uh, we, you know, we talk over things and things like that. And it really helps because you couldn't do this alone. Um, this profession is very it takes a lot from you as you know you have to like feel for so many people in a way um and I'm not talking about you know feeling bad for people but like actually connect with the emotions of so many different personalities and things like that that um you do need support on the side in order to manage that 
Yeah. Like I told my therapist the other day, I was like, I have no idea how you do it because your job is to solve other people's problems. And I could never, (laughs) (laughs) this is not only uh, like too much pressure, but like, I don't know, like it's so overwhelming because like people throw their lives at you and they Mm -hmm. expect you to solve everything for you while you are you still have to balance your own life and uh, I don't know I don't know how you do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's definitely like I said it's it's something that takes practice and being very aware of like when you get a little too involved into a client's you know situation um I'm not saying a a therapist should be like detached, but, you know, you should always keep some type of boundary uh, between you and like, you know, the patient you're seeing in order not to become too involved. If you see yourself becoming a little too invested into your, you know, patient's life, then it might be a little bit of an issue because um, then that kind of blurries, you know, your capacity to actually be the professional and be what are coming to you for help, you know. Yeah, totally. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. My favorite one, for example, is veggie taco bowl. It's so beautiful, has so many colors, and it seems so absolutely delicious. It's with Beyond Meat and Mexican-style red rice. It's veggie and spicy and perfect for those ones who want a different meal. Go to the link in our show notes to get 80% off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. So another note, how to define living situation? And I ask this because I don't know, like what I see like from the perspective here in Brazil is that in the US people graduate and then they get their own apartment. It's, it seems like so easy and so obvious that, and you don't see like many people getting back to their parents' house. Although I know that this happened a lot during the pandemic, mm-hmm. but here in Brazil, like I'm not even joking, at least like in my family, we only leave our parents' house when we are moving city, country, whatever, or when we're getting married. So like this living situation, I think can be kind of confusing during adult life because it's like you have to get everything together and then get your own apartment or you're still living with your parents. So how is your experience with that in post-grad life? So I, uh, I was pretty firm on the decision that even though uh, if I weren't to pursue a master's degree after, you know, the four years of college, I was still going to get my own place. 
um, because I really appreciate my independence and like even though you know like I love my parents but I couldn't like you know like live with them for like long periods of time because I have my own ways and they have their own ways and like a lot of people are like that um like I'm very set on my ways of like you know how I do things so for that I always thought like you know I need my own space um and I also didn't want to be you know I feel like in America, I mean, if you have to look, live with your parents, that's totally fine. I do say that in America, we do have this thing where like, oh, if you're living with your parents, like you're a loser. Like that's like, you know, how American TV paints it. Uh, it's true. I mean, when you see it on TV, you're, you believe it, even though it's not necessarily a situation for everybody, you know, um, like I know a lot of people that have had to live with their parents and they ended up moving out like later on, but it was just a period where that's what they needed. That's what they w worked for them. And that's totally fine. Um, my case, you know, the culture I come from, um, I'm, at the moment, I'm pretty adapted to the American culture right now. Like I'm pretty Americanized, I guess you would call it. Um, my husband's American, um, but in Cuba, it's pretty similar. You really don't have the means to like move out of your parents' house. Uh, unless you're married and even then <laughs> it's still like people still live with their parents sometimes um I never liked that one thing that I always like from watching like American movies and things like that it's like okay like I'm getting my own place as soon as I can um I think it was scary there for a second because uh, I was graduating college and I, yeah, I was dating my husband. We weren't engaged or anything like that. So I didn't know if, you know, if I was going to have to like actually get a place on my own or if like, you know, eventually we're going to get married and things like that. Even though, you know, we had talked about it and things like that, but we were, he was coming to school like out here in California and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do yet. Um, so the living situation kind of got me there for a bit because I'm like, I want my own place, but I also, you know, want to eventually you know get married and things like that so the way it worked out was that um we got married the summer after college so <laughs> so it all happened very fast um and then we moved out here to california and then we got our own place and that was an adjustment um this is the second place we have by ourselves um and he was kind of similar he never really like lived in his own besides you know dorms and things like that like me um having your own place comes with a lot of like responsibility that nobody really teaches you about um like sometimes you wonder how the heck do you know people keep their houses like clean and organized all the time like in what time do they do that like nobody really like thinks about that because when you're growing up in you know your parents house you, you always have somebody tending to things like that uh, and it's their space, so they take care of it. It's not your space. Um, I honestly like having a place of my own, but it can be very stressful sometimes. Like, I can see why people have roommates, you know. Um, I don't know how people live actually alone. <laughs> like, I know a lot of great girls that just, like, have their own place, sleep by themselves and things like that. And I honestly don't know how you do it because I feel like, you don't really have anybody keeping you accountable <laughs> to like, you know, do things. And it's not to say that you, everybody needs that, but I don't know. I, 
looking back on it, I don't know if I'll ever have liked to like live by myself. Um, I did in dorms and things like that, but it's very different because rent in California, it's outrageous. <laughs> so let's not even get into that. I know you had somebody recently on the podcast that lives in California, and I'm sure she told you all about it, but I live in Southern California too, and it's very real. And I don't live in the LA area, which I know is way more expensive than the area I live in. Uh, so that's, if you were have, would have told me when I was a teenager, really young teenager in Cuba that I'll be paying, you know, as much as we have to pay for rent and things like that, uh, I'll be telling you you're joking, but that's California. <laughs> you have to do it. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I have a lot of like mixed, just to answer your question, a lot of mixed, you know, emotions and like how I view, you know, living situation in America. Um, I, especially California, I think it should be a little bit more affordable than it is. Um, I know a lot of other states are not as have. I'm from Texas. Texas is like way cheaper than California. Like you can get a freaking luxury apartment for X money and it, it won't break the bank. Um, California is not like that. And there's a lot of like really old buildings and things like that. Like I live in a very old little place when we first got here. And now we have like a little bit of a nicer apartment, but I don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's here, like, it's pretty much what you say. Like, we don't have the means mm -hmm. to move on our own. Like, like right now, I could never leave home. Like, where would I go? Because <laughs> it kind of touches on, like, first job thing. Because at least here on the, our first jobs, like, we don't get as much money. Like, the money that we get would never pay rent so it's not a part of the brazilian brazilian culture i would say okay. mm -hmm. so pretty much like every single friend of mine that left the parents house is because they moved 100 mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. my friends that still live on their parents house like they also don't have any means to leave which is so insane because we go online and we see people younger than us mm -hmm. living by themselves and all of that. And it seems insane, like absolutely crazy. I could never see it. Although like, I think I would thrive living by myself, <laughs> which is terrible. But I was talking to a friend of mine. She is a super introvert and mm -hmm. I'm kind of introvert. Like I love spending time with myself, but I don't know, like we were talking and it was like, oh, I'm so scared of living by myself because I think I will never leave the house. I will just spend time with myself <laughs> all the time because like I thrive in this type of situation. <laughs> it's so funny. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, like I said, it relates a lot to the first job as well, which is a struggle. I know in, here in Brazil, and I know that in the US as well, getting your first job after leaving college. So how was that for you? How did you get your first job? And I don't know, because I know that in college, you usually don't get internships during the semester. You only get like summer 
but here we get during the semester and the easiest I'm gonna say that like that like the easiest way for you to get your first job is that you are interning on this company this firm or whatever it is and then you are like such a good intern that they hire you like this is the easiest way and the most secure way for you to get your first job so I'm not gonna lie my experience wasn't too far from that <laughs> in my case um so I I started my training at a different place when uh, you know the training times started. By training, I mean you still do classes and all that, but then you have certain days of the week where you're supposed to be at the clinics. Um, that's how it works for uh, the type of license I'm going for. You know, there are different types of therapist licenses and things like that. They all work pretty similar. Um, in my case, I started my training at a place, and then COVID happened. And uh, we kind of got kicked out in a way <laughs> and they closed out for students. And I was out of a placement site, which is an internship for about three months. And I really thought I wasn't gonna get the hours to graduate. So that was pretty stressful. And then I interviewed for another clinic. Um, at the beginning, I wasn't very sure about it, uh, but then I interviewed and I kind of started to like it. I started to get really get sold on it. Um, and then I was there for the remaining like year and like half that I had in school and I really really enjoyed it well this place is like a brand new like startup uh, like therapy you know company we even have like our own almost like theory of way of doing therapy uh, which is very interesting it's kind of like in like a it's past a research state but you know it's very it's a good thing to be a part of at the moment and then when I was there, um, there were a lot of other students, of course. Um, and so there's like a lot of like, in a way competition. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna get hired there. So towards like the last few months when I was uh, acquiring hours to graduate, I started interviewing at other, uh, I started uh, applying, not interviewing, <laughs> to jobs and other clinics and things like that. Um, if I'm honest to you, like I'm not, I wasn't very happy about the options that were out there. And I think COVID had probably something to do with it, that there were in jobs that were like, wow, like I really want this to be my first job. And you know, everybody always tells you for your first job, you need to be a little bit more, you know, humble. You need to be a little bit, you know, your first job is probably not gonna be that great. And I was like, okay, um, I'm a very ambitious person. So I, I was not wrapping my hair and my head around the idea that I had to like get a job that I hated as my first job. Like I, I was like, I'm not gonna be happy doing that. But if I really have to, for you know, money reasons, I'm gonna get it. And towards the last few months of my uh, placement site, I, I honestly had no idea if I was gonna get hired or not. And then they launched uh, a new program um, elsewhere they have plans of launching a program um, more of like an integration of like mental health into a hospital setting which hasn't really been done in a lot of places um, and I was hired to launch that uh, along with my colleague and that was great news for me I had no freaking idea that I was going to be selected for that um, so that was great I was super happy so pretty much yeah kind of like you said it you have an internship, they kind of like you, they like how you do things, and then you get hired. So that's how it happened for me. Um, the thing about uh, my transition that made it a little harder is that I was part of launching the program. So it wasn't a job that was already created. 
it's something that was kind of like in the process of cooking. Um, so I was like in that launch state and that was kind of stressful um, to be a new hire and be in the environment where like you literally are creating systems and things like that to like make things work. That was pretty stressful, but really rewarding at the same time now that we actually have it more so figured out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how the college job transition worked for me. Yeah, and overall, like, besides the occupation stress, like, having your first job and wanting to thrive in it and wanting to do everything right so you can just grow and just really start your career can be stressful enough. But, like, I already talked about this on a podcast, like, for me, at least, like having a nine to five and then managing the podcast and then managing writing for the magazine. It's like a lot. And you do this as well. So how do you manage your nine to five and your content creator channel? Oof, that's, <laughs> that's a tough one because I am still in the process of managing that. I've only been working for about uh, two, three months now. Um, and I came from like having all this, let's call it free time to do content creation. And when, you know, because of COVID, I was doing Zoom classes. So in between classes, I'll go outside and shoot a picture or like I'll be vlogging my college experience, which let's face it, that's how a lot of YouTubers started in the first place. Um, I have been struggling in that aspect. Um, I'm still finding like a balance so far my balance has been that weekends are my time to content create so starting today up until Sunday that's when I content create I haven't really like I don't really like vlogging at work I don't really think it's very like something I will enjoy like maybe I'll get one clip or two but I will never make my vlogs like work a nine to five or anything like that like I don't think I'll like to like share too much of like my work life on social media so that's why I feel like that's why my my channel is like struggling right now because I used to upload like way more videos um and let's face it I have a very very small channel um luckily enough I've gotten sponsors and even though I only have like 200 and something subscribers like that's nothing but when you combine that with like my Instagram page sorry <laughs> When you combine that with my Instagram page, it's a little bit more of like a following. So I've been fortunate enough to work with like a lot of my favorite brands. Um, but I have definitely seen a struggle since I started working. Like I used to upload pictures every day or every other day. And I really don't do that anymore. I upload pictures during the weekend when they don't do well. Because I don't know if you, you're probably familiar with the Instagram algorithm. The weekend is a time when like social media is the most saturated with everything. So everybody's sharing content during the weekend. Therefore, it doesn't do as well as it does during weekdays. So like I just like landed like one of my dream brand collaborations uh, yesterday. And they want me to post during the week. And I'm like, hell. How am I going to do that? So those are like questions that, um, you know, still trying to figure out. Um, so how is it working for me right now? It's like I said, shooting during the weekend and then praying that I have time to, you know, share it during an appropriate algorithm time because Instagram has guidance with that. Like I don't, I'm still figuring out how to work the algorithm. Let's 
face it, Reels are being pushed so much right now. My account doesn't have access to Reels. For some reason, I've contacted Instagram many times and I don't have access to Reels. So that's one of the reasons why my account is really suffering right now. Because you see people gaining all these followers and things like that when they share Reels. I haven't experienced that because I don't have access to Reel. I'm this close to starting an account just for Reels. because <laughs> I want to share reels, but I can't. Um, so that's been tough. But time management, uh, I really tell brands sometimes like, like I need time. Like if you need content faster, you're going to have to pay a speed, like, you know, like price for it. Because if you want me to, you know, compromise like my week time to deliver content, like I, I can't do that. So because of that, um, I don't know if you see influencers always share, you know, what I get in a week as, you know, PR packages and things like that. Yeah. So then PR packages are not PR packages. They're like gifted collaborations that you still have to post for. Uh, I know this because I always see influencers share a PR package, but then I, I see them share their product on their page. So I sometimes I kind of get the feeling, okay, that was probably a gifted collaboration. In my case, I used to take a lot of those. Like every time a brand would be like, hey, you know, we want to send your product or, you know, and you can post a picture if you want to or whatever, I'll say yes. And I'll be getting all this like packages every week. Once I started working, I had to put a stop to that because I started to shift my focus to pay partnerships because I think, you know, influencers time is, you know, it costs money, it's, you know, it's important to paid influencers. And so I started to kind of drift away from taking so many gifted collaborations. Unless it's like a really big brand that you wanna start you know, building a relationship with, I really don't recommend doing that for you know, star influencers if they're listening to this because that'll be the death of you. <laughs> if you start just like taking gifted, 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 brands are going to be like, okay, you know, you're not worth anything because all you do is just work for free. So that's been something that I've had to really shift since I started working. I'm like, no, my time, you know, it's valuable. Like my time costs money. So if you want to work with me, you have to pay. Um, and because of that, you're not going to see that many, like me sharing products on my page. My page right now is like a little too organic <laughs> to the point where like I'm really not um, taking that many partnerships and things like that I do have like one long-standing brand relationship which is I buy direct um, that one has been in place for a while so besides that I'm only taking you know pay partnerships because I really don't have the time to manage shooting pictures for free when I could be getting paid for it and brands don't want to pay you a lot of the time so that's been a challenge yeah I'm just trying to manage my time the best I can during the weekend so I can actually you know get the content that's like worthy for my page but it's my accounts have suffered a little bit since I started working if I'm honest with you yeah no but that's like so interesting it's I think like a point of view that it's hard to get from influencers because many of them, they're not even working a nine to five. They are so dedicated to being an influencer and that's what they do, which is fine. But I don't know, like you don't get this realness. So thank you so much for being so real about post-grad life and about being an influencer and the struggle of time management. 
Yeah, of course. Like, honestly, I wouldn't lie to you. I I even thought about like starting my own podcast and talking about like what influencers don't tell you because it's it's not easy when you just see a people with like posting pictures all the time and things like that, you think like oh like that's easy you just take a picture and post it um let's find the time and place <laughs> to take that picture having to buy new camera equipment having to find you know buy your own outfits so if you don't get like a lot of you know free clothes and things like that um not taking free work because that kind of affects like your image and I did that so much when I first started being an influencer it wasn't even funny I was just taking all this like free stuff and like posting it but then there really wasn't anything in it for me besides like one free object like it's not it's not worth it and yeah it's I feel like influencers should be really speak up about this a lot more like be real about what is it that we do like it's not easy and it takes time and we should you know our time is valuable we should get paid for it and that's like so interesting and I think like many people think that it's so easy like you said it's just like oh take a picture but there's so much more behind the scenes but that's definitely very very interesting honestly I started having more appreciation for how hard it is to be a content creator when I started my YouTube channel editing a YouTube video, it's not a game. It takes hours. And people, you know, I try attempted to do vlogmas when you upload every day. There's no way in hell I can do that. So it's just, yeah, I've really grown appreciation for for what it is that we do. And yeah, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time. And if you wanna do it along with working a nine to five, you really have to manage your time very wisely. Yeah, definitely. Because like editing the podcast is already hard, but like it's audio and then you have to edit audio and image. So I, I can't, I, I don't think I could ever do it. <laughs> I mean, you get used to it. Like I, I wouldn't want to discourage people from doing it. <laughs> like I don't want to say it sounds too negative about it, but you do have to really manage your time. Like yeah. If you want to upload, you know, worthy content. And then when you take hours to edit a video and then only like 40 people watch it, you're like, <laughs> that sucks, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. It was really great talking to you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Like I was vlogging this morning and I was like, I don't know why I got invited on a podcast, but I did. So <laughs> there you go. You made my day. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming. So that's it for today's episode. I really hope that you guys enjoyed that, made you feel understood. And make sure to follow and subscribe to Karen's social media. It's linked in the description as always. Because she's like so nice. I'm also going to link the video that she um, talks about recording for the podcast. (laughs) She's so funny. I can't. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And I hope to see you back here for next week's episode. Bye, everyone.